Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, the game where the points don't matter and the scores are made up. This... This is Ben. Dave's laughing at me already, so why not go ahead and introduce him first? Dave, hello. Hi. Dave, why are you laughing at me? I thought like you messed up your words and yeah. you were supposed to say the show about video games, but instead you said the game about video shows. But then I realized you were doing the uh the whose line it is any is it anyway thing. So Yeah, it you. was it was a bit. Thank you for helping me make it, was a good it bit. an even better yeah. bit. Yeah, I appreciate that. How you doing tonight, Dave? Good. I uh, I, I installed a thermostat on my own today. Whoa, wow! Really, like like before we we came on. So yeah. That was. Uh, so yeah, if you need help with anything, uh, <laughs> you're a regular old handyman now. Dude, I was yeah. gonna say, dude, yeah. you 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 earned that man card tonight. God yeah. damn. Sometimes it, when you just do something, like you get grease on your hands or like break a stick hard enough or something, it's like, God damn, I have a man. Huh? Something awesome about and I at my old job I worked at before the college I'm at now, uh, it was like a lot of labor intensive, like get your hands dirty kind of stuff. And there's something about the feeling of grease on your hands. Yeah, I used yeah. to change my oil at my car uh, on my car when I when I lived at my old house. And I love that feeling of just getting greasy, like oily hands. It just you feel so manly and and, oh, yeah. and domineering and stuff That's like right. that. Yeah. Now, what kind of ther- was this? Just a regular last thermostat? Or did you install like an upgrade or? Nest? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's a Honeywell, um, you know, programmable N one S two thousand. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. No, Is it like some... one you can control with your phone or? No, no. Those things are like $300. Um, well, that's right. I you just... live in the communist land, so. <laughs> yeah. And it, I don't know how long we're going to be here. So I'd hate to to spend $300 on like a top of the line, like smart thermostat and then leave True. Right. and not be able to take it with me. So I just bought something cheap that would fix the problem. So I don't know. Do you guys have smart thermostats at home? So that's a, a fun story. <laughs> when I lived in my first house, the, the, the house, the first house I bought, uh, right when we got married, I was part of a beta program for one of the first Nest thermostats. Oh, and so we had that. And then when we were moving, I took that thermostat out and put the old thermostat back in and sold the house with the old thermostat, whatever. I was like, because it was a beta one, I wasn't even allowed to leave it there. Uh, and it's like, I think it's technically still in beta. Uh, that particular one, they gathered resources, even though they've moved on like six iterations past it. And then so then my last house, I had installed it and kept it there until I got an invitation for a different brand beta test, which I'm not 
uh, still not technically supposed to say I'm part of, so I won't, but a different brand. So I installed that one. And then when I was moving from there recently, you know, after seven years or whatever, I had to uninstall it and bring it with me. But neither one of them work for in my new house because I have like hot water heat. I have a boiler now instead of like a regular old, old furnace. So they're just both in boxes, but I can't do anything with them because they're like locked to my specific, you know, beta tester ID. And uh, I also can't beta test them. And I asked them if they wanted it back and they were like, no. Damn. I was like, okay, so I just have these things that I'm not supposed to get rid of. <laughs> but I can't install. But I also can't use. <laughs> Brandon is also with us here tonight. Brandon, tell me about your thermostat experiences. Oh, dude, just the plain old, um, uh, not even LED. Do you got one of the dial ones that you turn no. and it goes... Not quite. It's like one iteration above that. Like the early 2000s, like, um, you know how like it would be like the green text, but it's not the green text. Yeah. The like weird looking old ass screens. So nothing super fancy. I uh, just completely base model as it well, goes. You're uh, you're still written too. So yeah. that, you yeah. know, you, yeah. so you're what, kind of in the same position as Dave moving. You also don't want to. Yeah. Whatever came with the place. I'm not trying to get fancy with it. It, it, it does the trick and the place is so small that we don't really have to worry about too right. much. It's in fact, probably too efficient at points. It gets dry as fuck yeah. in the house. Cause we have a whole furnace for a, <laughs> a tiny upstairs of this place. So, yeah. um, Dave, I know what you're saying about, you know, getting your hands dirty. And I, up until a few years ago, I did all the work on my car always. And now I'm just, well, then I lived at a place where I didn't have anywhere to work. I had to work on the street if I wanted to work on my own car. So it's like, I'm not even changing my own oil anymore. Plus, like, I think to change my own oil, it cost me like $40 for the stuff. And I had to do it out in the street. And then I could take it to the local shop and pay like $5 more and have them do it. And not have to do it myself. And I was like, I'm just doing that. So right. uh, I've switched to that. But now I have a garage. And the other day, uh, when we moved, we moved like a bunch of our stuff into the garage before we technically took possession of the house because they let us. They didn't care. It was a, it was an estate. And then like slowly, we've just been pulling stuff out of there. And I we also had the our old car. My wife got rear-ended. We had to get a new car. It was a whole thing. So we have like almost a brand new car now, which I've never had before. And I'm like, I hate this thing sitting out on the street when I have a perfectly fine garage. So I went out and I cleaned out the garage. Uh, I didn't really clean it out. I just moved a bunch of stuff out of the way and then did, you know, bring some stuff inside. And so we could actually use the garage and put our car in there. And I'm like, I know that's a really stupid, simple thing. But after like, now that I don't ever work with my hands anymore, I'm always just like on the computer for work. I feel like such a man. And, I, <laughs> and then I said to my wife, I'm like, I know it's a small thing. She's like, no, that's a huge thing because I didn't want to do it. I'm like, OK, well, see, I'm even more of a man now. <laughs> there you go. So that's how I'm a man lately. Dude, garage life is superior. Um, I had my car out on the street for many years. And one of our two cars has to be out on the street where I live. Yeah. Um, but when it snows, man, there ain't nothing worse than, than having to go outside and brush that shit off. You have so, a garage. Yeah. One, one of the two cars is always outside. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I thought you meant like on the street. No, okay. no, no. Yeah. At my old place, it was always on the street. Right. But... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, though, because I, I mean, we've only had the car like, I don't know, six weeks or two months. And of course, like now we're getting to the point of the year where in Pennsylvania, it could still snow here for several more months, but it isn't likely to be a lot. And I'm like, well, I missed the uh, heaviest snowfall yeah, use of the garage. But, you know, it is what it is, I suppose. Yeah. Well, this is a show about garages and cars and the manly men 
who work on thermostats and who scream at goats. Stare at goats. What was that movie called? The Men Who Stare at Goats? I want to scream at a goat now. That sounds Dude, fun. I, Can you yeah. imagine screaming at a goat and it screaming back at you? They, scream, <laughs> they make you. insane noises. I would want to scream at one of the ones that faints, though. I feel like that would be... Oh. That would make me feel good. It it wouldn't be heard, but like to scream at something and have it just fall over instantly. Like I would feel powerful. Imagine Power. doing an oil change and then screaming at a goat and oh making it faint. That would just. I, I think I might actually grow more hair in that process, <laughs> and like actually my shirt might rip in a specific bit. Yeah. places. Yeah, just yeah. like yeah, half yeah. werewolf at that point or something. <laughs> Well, let's start off with uh, some video game news. I think that seems like a decent thing to do sure. in this show. Uh, this is a rumor. Let's start out with that. We'll actually start with a couple of rumors. The first one is sources say, yes, Counter-Strike 2 is real and it's around the corner. Ooh. And this comes so from, weird. this is just from a Substack article. So I don't know how reliable this is. I've heard it a bunch, though. I have too, yeah. but it all could have originated from, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, true. It says, for years, leakers and data miners have promised the release of a new version of Counter-Strike Global Offensive on the Source 2 engine. It has, been, it has been such a frequent occurrence that it has become the subject of jokes and memes within the community, much like uh, Half-Life 3. <laughs> However, the rumor mill had gathered extra steam at the end of February when Valve's official CSGO Twitter account changed its banner. Nothing too out of the ordinary. This was noticed in September and October of 2022 as well. Then on March 1st, when Twitter accounts, including the popular Gabe follower, started to point out that NVIDIA drivers had introduced support for two new executables, CSGOS2.exe and CS2.exe, tongues really started wagging. Uh, he wants me to sign in to read more. What is this shit? Absolutely. I don't want to do that. So it's telling me Richard Lewis. I mean, okay, just so everybody gets richardlewis.substack.com is where I got this. Okay, reader pub <laughs> reader supported publication to receive new posts and support my work. Consider becoming a free or paid subscriber. I don't want to. You didn't do this to me when I read this article earlier, Richard Lewis. Sorry, I don't want to pay you Dick for Lewis. your information. Yeah, Dick Lewis. Come on. <laughs> Speaking under the condition of anonymity, sources with the knowledge of the game's development told us that indeed there was a new version of Counter-Strike Global Offensive on its way and that it had been worked on for some time. The new version is almost certainly set to be released under the working title Counter-Strike 2 and is and the tentative release date for the beta is in this month with April 1st at the furthest point. April 1st. Get Come it? on, man. You you can't be serious. Have either of you guys really dabbled around with CSGO much? I no. have it. I have it downloaded. Yeah. Um, and I've watched it a bunch. Yeah. Obviously, like legendary. Yeah. Uh, like complete. One time I was in a college bar and I looked up on the screen and fucking Counter-Strike was in this college bar. Yeah. Just playing on ESPN 5 or some shit like that. And I was like, OK, this is awesome. Um, but no, this is really cool. Um, it's been a long time coming and they've done insane things to update the game over the years. Um, but it would be cool to kind of get a full, uh, revamp of, of, uh, of the game, uh, to kind of get a new iteration would be cool to see how they could expand upon the formula. Yeah. I would imagine it would still be mostly true. Um, because it, it definitely fits in a specific kind of shooter. Um, you know, like uh, games like Valorant uh, kind of took after it a bit and kind of expanded upon it. So right. I, re I really wonder how in a post Valorant world, um, what Counter-Strike 2 will look like. Yeah, I wonder about that, too, because it's a very simple game. I mean, right. obviously, there's a lot of strategy and skill behind it. It's, it's hard as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also because most of the people who are still playing have been playing for 
I think it came out like right around the time I got married, which is 12 years ago, 11 years ago yeah. now. So, yeah, I think <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> the people who are still playing are really good or really experienced, at least. Um, I'm not much of a tactical type shooter like that. And it's like incredibly hair trigger and everything. Oh, absolutely. Everything is super on a dime and you got to be really precise. But I did. I, I did mess around with it a little bit uh, back in the day, but I haven't touched it in years. I know people with tens of thousands of hours in the game, though. Oh, yeah. And like the whole economy that surrounds the game. Yeah. I mean, oh, you know, yeah. People, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars can be spent on cosmetics alone. I don't know that any game, if not, not many, if any, um, have the type of prestige some of the skins in Counter-Strike have. I mean, yeah. literally, uh, you know, it goes into the whole debate about loot boxes and stuff and, and how strange that is. But I really wonder how, having seen all of the hubbub surrounding all of that, how they're going to change that to kind of monetize in a different way um, or continue to kind of build that into the game. So, but... Really, though, I mean, I've booted it up recently. I didn't really play very mm. much when I got my PC. That was one of the games I downloaded. And it doesn't look that old. I mean, they have updated it quite a bit. It still feels old in a lot of ways and not in a bad way. Um, but just like visually and the UI, um, it's definitely got many notable upgrades over the years. So, Dave, uh, this is really interesting to me. They, if you go to steamcharts.com, they track. <laughs> literally just pulled yeah, that up. <laughs> okay. If you go to steamcharts.com, they tell you like all the top games that are being played right now. And this is just the current. Uh, CSGO has 657,000 concurrent players. That's crazy. It's the number one game currently being played on Steam. The peak players was 1.3 million. And apparently that record was set this month. 11 almost 11 years after the game's release that's so crazy yeah. and a lot of i don't know dave do, don't do you think there's a need for a new counter-strike <laughs> i don't know it's it's it is kind of a risky move if you look at it and yeah i'm just kind of looking at the same numbers as you are and last 30-day player count uh the average was just over eight hundred thousand um for a game this old it's it's <laughs> really crazy it's, just, it's insane but i mean the 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 good thing about doing a sequel to uh, Counter-Strike is you automatically have a strong and vibrant player base. Yeah. But it's so easy to mess up a proven formula because people are clearly having a good time with CSGO that you know they are going to scrutinize every little bit of any sequel that comes out. But it would be interesting to see um, what Valve may try to do to um, not only you know win over their existing player base, but also um bring in some of the people from you know the call of duty crowd or even uh valorant as brandon mentioned because you know there, there are some similar sort of competitors out there but um I, i'm sure there's a lot of people who just kind of skipped over csgo and went straight to those other ones so it's going to be an interesting balancing act whichever way they go but yeah you're right i mean this this game just won't die so it's it's they they got to be trying to monetize something differently because it's it's you're right like why would you invest the time and money when you've already got something that's probably printing you money right now the game has to be making insane money still right like oh, people are buying the cosmetics and oh dude absolutely whatever else they have to be yeah. with that amount of players it would not make sense for 
even if a small portion of them after 10 years are continuing to buy things, it's worth it. Um, and I really wonder how, the, as Dave said, the balancing act, it's just like, you don't do the Overwatch and close the first one. There would mm-hmm. be a fucking uproar. But how do you take those people, those 800,000 concurrent people in the past 30 days, and get them to say, hey, this is much better. You should play this one instead. Just to clarify, that's 800,000 average concurrent right. players. sure. So that's millions. And it, still, it's just yeah. like, it's even, crazy. Even another approach to that, and we've seen this um, twice now with Battlefields, where mm. you know Battlefield 5 comes out and everybody sticks with Battlefield 4, and then right. Battlefield 1 comes out, and I know that's a little out of order, but um, you know, don't shut it down like they did with Overwatch, but um, be careful with the amount of time and energy, because if you keep CSGO live, which I assume you will, people may just stay there. So it's... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of approach this. But there has exciting. to be... Go ahead. Exciting nonetheless, because they, they, they must have some brilliant ideas to, to come out and do this, you know, over a decade after CSGO, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not that it's not time, but that's exactly it, though, Dave. There has to be some silver bullet, something that will draw people in, or it's just not going to have a migration. Yeah, if they radically change the gameplay or they try to overdo you know, monetization or whatever, people will revolt and stick with the old one. But this is also Valve we're talking about. And if anybody knows exactly what their audience wants, it's Valve because they have data from every person who's ever played a PC game on (laughs) Steam for the last, what? Well, since it started, 20 years almost, I think. So Gabe is a playable character. Gaben is a playable character. There's actually a Gaben hat you can get. Um, see, I'm reading that right now. Breaking news: Gabe and Hat available <laughs> in CS:GO 2, or just CS2, I guess. In case maybe. Well, it, it, interesting. It makes me kind of want to jump into Counter Strike, even though I know I will get absolutely decimated. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to play Valorant for a little while, and obviously they're different games, but similar ideas. And I also tried to play. There was a PlayStation game that was made. It was only for consoles. That was supposed to be similar, mm. and I did really well at that game but I did really poorly at Valorant. Yeah. So I feel like it doesn't translate as well on no. the controller. Just, no, it definitely just doesn't. by nature. Yeah. yeah. It's just slightly different. Right. Dave, is everything okay over there? Yes. Why? Okay. I'm just checking. Okay. You sounded like you're putting batteries <laughs> in a remote or something. I don't know. Okay. All right. Another rumor. Like I said, we'll start off the show with a couple of rumors here. According to WCCF tech fable is miles away as it only entered full production recently. They do clarify this as a rumor. They say it has been some time since the next entry in the Fable series was announced, and it seems like it will be a while longer before we see anything of it, as the game in development by Playground Games entered full production only recently. During the latest episode of the VGC podcast, Andy Robinson, Robeson, I think it's Robinson, but they just misspelled it, who proved extremely reliable in the past, revealed that Fable is still miles away, as it only entered full production recently. While details are scarce on how the game will play, Andy Robinson revealed that the term Witcher-like was thrown around, giving us an idea of what to expect from the game. Fable isn't the only Xbox Game Studios title mentioned during the latest episode of the podcast. Apparently, the next game to be released to release after Starfield will be Sinuous Saga Hellblade 2, and that's a different discussion that you know we can have some other time. But uh, as mentioned above, it's been a while since Fable got announced, and very little has been said about the next entry in the series. Multiple times over the past few months, it has been suggested that development was proceeding slowly due to a variety of issues. But even if the game is going through troubled development, the team is certainly enthusiastic about it, et cetera, et cetera. So we talked a little while back about 
excuse me. Wow, that snuck up on me out of nowhere. I'm sorry, headphone wearers. The uh, about the difficulties with or not the difficulties about the rapid changes in staffing and stuff like that. And I actually got a little bit of info and I, you know, I can't corroborate this with anybody. I can't prove it. I can't. I'm not a leaker or whatever. But uh, for what it's worth, about six months ago, I was told by someone who is in the know who would know that uh, there were people from Rare uh, actually going to Playground Games uh, like in a team effort for a period of a couple of weeks. And they're only about an hour apart from each other, just for reference, Playground and Rare. They were actually going there to help them get fable on the right track and i'm a little unsure of what rare devs would have to offer an open world i mean i guess it's an open world still but um to offer an rpg type game that is more actually the longer i'm saying this the more it actually makes sense but <laughs> right. uh, anyway i was i was under that under the uh i was given the information that there were people from rare who had gone to playground to help them with a little bit of troubled development i guess you could say and it kind of seemed from the information i was getting like the game had been being worked on but was getting rebooted but that was all the person was able to really say to me and um i don't expect anybody to take my word for it i obviously can't you know say who told me that because it could potentially get that person in some trouble but um it was interesting nonetheless to hear that and then you know see other rumors start popping up as well so i don't know all i know is i'm excited for a new fable game brandon i know you have have fabled around in your past me no actually i haven't what i've never tried fable ever I, zero zero fable in my past what is wrong i don't know with you first of all no, what's no. wrong with me for not realizing yeah, that? that's okay i thought for sure you would talk no. about fable before no no i've thought about it and i is it on game pass yeah it's on game Pass. okay so the, i think i probably talked to you about wanting to try it on game pass i thought for sure you'd play that. um and i love the idea of it being witcher-esque i mean um that obviously intrigues me from the start and i know that uh, obviously the lineage is there i mean it's <laughs> such a such an influential game in many ways um back in the 360 days yeah um but uh kind of sad to actually see... the original one came out on xbox one yep oh no shit yeah. okay uh kind of sad to see that maybe there's some issues but hopefully it's early enough that it kind of won't impact and i think that um with a series that has such a big uh, name over its head. Um, hopefully they can kind of rectify this uh, because there will be expectations. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's clearly far away from everything you've read and said. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll just wait to see more. I don't know. Dave, are you a fable enjoyer? Yeah, I love fable. Um, so this news sucks and um, that's going to leave a pretty big gap for Microsoft unless I'm forgetting something or, you know, there's, there's something unannounced, but I, you would kind of hope that, you know, we get Starfield and Redfall this year, and then maybe there's one or two other big titles coming next year. And given okay. when Fable was originally announced, it probably could have slotted in there, but obviously this changes that. But um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I hope they take their time because they, they really need to. Um, Fable is a game in a series that I think – I don't know if if it's saying too much to say it kind of revolutionized um, decision making um, and you know kind of a, an evolving narrative in in RPGs, but it it was a big player when it when it came out originally in 
on uh, the original Xbox, but that's been done to death um, since then. So it's uh, whatever Playground is going to do, they have to, you know, take what we know and love from Fable, but also find a way to evolve that formula because if they just kind of do the same old thing, then um, it's going to feel a lot like Halo did where it's like, you know, this, this is nostalgic, but it's not doing anything new. So I think Witcher, Witcher like Witcher esque is, is an intriguing kind of thing to attach to it. So um, we'll see what they can do with that. But uh, they definitely need to evolve the formula of, of Fable because there, there are high, high expectations. They probably aren't realistic, but um, they do have a chance here to, to make something special. So take your time. Take your time. Yeah. yeah. Will you still be able to fart on people? I hope so. 10 out of 10 right there. IGN. I would imagine that's like a, a gameplay mechanic that um, can't be left behind, I would assume. Um, but I, I'm just, I'm not opposed to it being a Witcher S type of game. I get it, but that's not, that's not what Fable is. Yeah, but that's what. Would that be what Fable would be if it came out now, though? Maybe that's but... the question you need to ask. Is not what Fable was. It's like what will Fable be? Of course, but why call it? Other than the fact that there's a lot of nostalgia attached to it, why call it Fable then? Because if it's just a Witcher RPG knockoff, what about Fable makes it Fable other than the gameplay? And Karmic systems? Yeah, I suppose that's true. How many games There's have just that? value They're in dead? that IP, so why not? You know, like... Yeah. How many open world games have that sort of... I mean, Red Dead had that, right? To some extent, not the way Fable did. Right, but like not many games that I know of that I've personally played from what I've heard of Fable, have that in depth right. and like such a one side or the other you could be on um, type of, type of experience. Yeah, that's true. So. That's true. That's a good point. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, hopefully they get it on track and get it pushed out. I think there was also some news a while back about them saying Fable development was slow because they were having issues with something about the engines. Well, all those people left, too. Didn't... Yeah, but they were all Forza people. Not to say that they weren't also working on oh, Fable. I know, but it's the same studio. Yeah, for sure. Know? Like, For sure. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Brandon, this one's um, mostly for you. Comes from a website called Emo Pulse, which... Ooh, you know, why, why not? <laughs> that is for me. Yeah. Need, for Speed Unbound. <laughs> yeah. Need for Speed Unbound already has less players than Need for Speed Heat. It is the latest entry in the Need for Speed franchise. The game was released on November 29th last year for the PS5, Xbox Series 6. I don't know why they call it the Series 6. Oh, S and X. It just looks like an I in between them. NPC. At first, oh my God. At first glance, the game was stunning as it took a fresh approach to the classic Need for Speed formula. The game launched to a better critical reception than Ghost Games' last Need for Speed title, but the player base on Steam was not too strong with an all-time concurrent count of 14,000 players. However, Need for Speed Unbound has been able to retain its player base, even though its player base was pretty small to begin with. The player base has declined a few months later, and we noted that the game currently stands at a 708 24-hour peak. Hmm. Need for Speed Heat is currently at, well, at, at the time of this article, a uh, 24-hour peak of 2335. Well, so, that's Brandon, a pretty big difference. You were pretty hot. I mean, yeah. you admitted it had some faults, but you were pretty high on this game. Yeah, no, I feel like it was kind of a return to form um from some of the previous iterations and i mean don't get me wrong like need for speed heat i've even played that recently like i've i played that again within the past year 
Yeah. Um, and it still holds up pretty well. And I feel like that's probably a testament to why it's still successful. But I mean, they're kind of similar <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, they have a lot of the same features. And I get that, you know, some people didn't like the stylization of Unbound, mm -hmm. uh, but overall it kind of was more of the things that made it great and heat and unbound in a lot of ways are very similar. Um, so I think that a lot of people probably took the approach of buy a new $70 game. Right. It's probably much cheaper now. Yeah. Um, I think I saw it for 40 yeah. about a month ago, which isn't surprising. Yeah. Um, EA games always do that. Right. right. Um, yeah. I think that's more of a testament to heat probably than unbound. Yeah. I think that's probably true. Um, but yeah, it's kind of sad to see because I really did want them to be rewarded for kind of bringing back the series to where it needed to be mm -hmm. um, because it had gone off the track, so to speak, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, over the past couple of years. Um, but yeah, that's just really unfortunate because I feel like the overall package was very good. So to see that um, it wasn't really received as well. Only on Steam, though. Those, yeah. are, the, those are the numbers we're getting. Right. And I don't know about you, but when I think of playing a car driving game, I don't think about playing it on a mouse and keyboard. And now I understand you can plug in a controller. Yeah. But yeah. I would be interested to see what the numbers were like on consoles. I'm sure they're higher. Well, I shouldn't say I'm sure they're higher. They're probably higher just because Need for Speed is the type of game. And I know it's not a sim, but but the sim community, the racing sim community specifically, is the biggest on PC. Now, well, granted, you don't have games like GT7 and well, you don't have Forts. Oh, well, you do have Forts, actually. What I was going to say, though, is like... That's this is kind of the opposite side of that though. This exactly. is super yeah. arcadey. So right. I feel like for that reason, um, I'm not really willing to think that this is a complete failure. Right. Um, at least I hope it wouldn't be, uh, because I, like I said, I do want them to reap uh, the benefits of you know kind of making a game that was enjoyable. Right. Uh, but yeah, it just kind of sucks. Um, Maybe they'll update Heat and they'll just continue to do that, which wouldn't be the end of the world either. But yeah, um, yeah, we'll see, man. Dave, Brandon's our uh, our racing game guy. You're our car game guy. Why haven't you boosted the numbers on Unbound yet? That's a good question. Um, I probably forced myself out mm. and I suspect there might be a lot of people in that situation because yeah. Forza... Horizon was a really, really good game and you could play it for a really, really long time. And I kind of wonder if there was like a fundamental difference between like Heat and Unbound. So like, Brandon, you played both. Right. Unbound had a story. Like once you were done with the campaign, was there much of a reason to go back? And did that differ from Heat at all? Um. See, that's where I'm a little fuzzy because I mostly just beat the games and kind of was done with them. But I think that probably was because there wasn't much to do afterwards. Now, I could be completely wrong. And someone please correct me in the Discord if I am wrong. But if we're comparing games like Forza and games like Need for Speed, there is never not something to do in Forza. Mm. And I never felt that way. Like I felt like there was a point where I was done and I was done with these need for speed games. You know what I mean? And if I wanted to collect more cars and customize my shit and get more money, that's fine. But whenever I can go into for a game like Forza and uh, go back every single week and have the chance to win a car or the chance to win 
um, you know, uh, a new paint job for my car or a roulette spin to win even more cars or more money. Like the support isn't there. And I just don't, I don't even know if they add cars to these games. I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't remember ever hearing that. So I just think that the, the need for speed games end up being more like a, when you're done, you're done. At least that's what they've always been for me. We got to remember too, that that hot wheels thing came out shortly before need for speed too. So people kind of had another reason to jump back into Forza. And I don't know if that was strategic or not, but I mean, you're right, Brandon, you, what a lot of games do these days is give you a reason to check back in every now and then. And I wonder if need for speed didn't do that. Um, too bad because it it seemed to be a, a reinvigorating game for the franchise it certainly seemed that way from a critical standpoint but uh yeah i don't know but personally i i was forced it out and um this is like a 20 30 game to me that's when i would probably jump yeah. in and yeah and to be honest dave you played the better game but i love need for speed yeah, <laughs> so yeah. i really want them to succeed forza is like miles ahead yeah and in, in different ways and they're very different they they really are because, you know, Forza is like a Simcade game because it's like somewhere in between. But I don't know. That's just a shame to hear. So might have been, been the ASAP Rocky stuff. Who it could have been the ASAP Rocky Who stuff. Who knows? I don't know. I thought he was ASAP cool Rocky. Very good guy. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh, speaking of car games, a uh, uh, person sent me there. So basically when you buy the PS5 version of gt7 you also got a code for the ps4 version which is a non-upgradable version um anyway somebody sent me their code for the ps4 version which i'm not the kind of person who needs i mean in in that game i don't need the ps5 version it's not a game i'm probably gonna spend a bunch of hours in but i did kind of want to check it out um so thanks to some kind soul i'll be uh at some point here jumping in at least for a few hours into gt7 on my ps5 via the ps4 version (laughs) um it's funny because it's it's the same game, but it's non-upgradable, which I guess makes sense because then you can't just like split the game with your friend and pay 10 bucks to upgrade, right. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what people do. Make it happen. It's Make it happen, Jim. Seriously. Polyphony. Polyphony, Jim. I don't know. I guess whatever. <laughs> According to gamesindustry.biz, PS5 sales have surged over 300% in the UK during February. Uh, it goes on to say that the UK games market posted strong sales in February due to the performance of two products, Hogwarts Legacy and PlayStation 5. 2.8 million console and PC games were sold across the UK during February, up 11% over the year before. Holy fuck. This data is for all physical games plus AAA titles from most major publishers. Now, here's the other interesting thing real quick. These are just physical numbers, and we know that we saw recently some massive amount of games being bought digitally now it, it supersedes i couldn't even get hogwarts physically i wanted it yeah i i bought it digitally too yeah i couldn't even get yeah. it so if a lot of these were hogwarts mm-hmm. how many people bought hogwarts that weren't physical a lot a lot uh we'll go on and talk about that in a minute so this is mostly i'm mostly brought it up because of the ps5 but we can also talk about it's a little bit old now but we can talk about the sales numbers from hogwarts uh, its launch week was 100% bigger than last February's hit video game, Elden Ring. In fact, the game is already on the brink of overtaking Elden Ring in an all-time sales after just three weeks. That's disgusting. It is currently the sixth best-selling video game from the last 12 months. Hogwarts Legacy makes up for a month that was a little higher on new games compared to last year. Uh, February of 2022 also saw Horizon Forbidden West, Dying Light 2, Warhammer 3, which I don't know why they put that in there. I guess that was a big seller. I don't know. Um but let's see here. 
uh the last of us of course came back to the charts i'm trying to find the freaking ps5 info here february console sales are up 65 percent over the same month last year and up 14 percent over january to 143,000 hardware units sold uh it gives some clarifier on that but i don't know what it means ps5 sales are up 316 percent over the same period the year before and up 20 percent 27 percent over january year to date ps5 hardware is up 180 percent over the first two months of 2022 uh, of course xbox also saw an increase but only of 21 percent people are actually able to find them switch is down yes <laughs> finally some good fucking news brandon uh since you're shouting gleefully yes uh ps5 Damn, you said you dude. mentioned that you know people are able to find them yeah, now in the wild yeah i see them often in the wild now yeah so this is excellent news um i am a little hurt to hear about the elden ring yeah um, i really want that to be my king at the top of the mountain forever sure um but it's way less accessible um and uh not really the intellectual property uh that that you know uh hogwarts is i'm but, surprised it did as well as it is with how hardcore of a game it is yeah yeah no no, no i agree with you but yeah. um this is crazy dude these numbers are nuts 300 percent from last year and yes do i think that's they can people can get more their hands on them sure yeah but you can't argue with those numbers man right and even from the month prior it's like a notable increase would you say 60 percent or something i don't remember what i said anyway but <laughs> and of course this is in the uk but right from what i understand is like it's pretty adjacent to how things are in percentage wise a is, lot yeah. of the time yeah maybe not all of the time 100 percent of the time but this is awesome um Love to see video games coming out strong, and and clearly people are still buying these consoles. Are not slowing down, um, even when they do become more readily, readily available. It's like people are gobbling them up. Um, so I'd really be interested to see how these numbers progress um, into March, and I want to see the numbers at the end of the year because I don't know things just keep ramping up. The more they're available, the more people are buying. Yeah. Um, so I uh, love to see it. I want everybody that wants one to have one, and it kind of seems like that's where we're at. So that's a good place to be. Dave, uh, that's a good sign, right? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it's got to be Hogwarts. Like it's got to be. It, it it's Hogwarts. It's Did Hogwarts. It's the, it's the UK. There's castles everywhere. Everybody's right. thinking about Harry Potter all the time. Um, they take have that cancel culture over there. I think. Yeah, Dumbledore yeah. maybe or something. Yeah, he yeah, lives I think there. Dumbledore lives there. Dangledorf. Um, yeah, it's, I'm just I'm just to echo what you said. I mean, I'm yeah. just glad people are finding them now because it's been two years of of price gouging and and people desperate to to just get into this generation of gaming and stuff. And as as you guys kind of said, it's it's adjacent to the rest of the European market and the North American market and hopefully the rest of the world. But people are getting their hands on these things and just in time, I think, because it's it was great to get a PS5 at launch, but there hasn't really been a whole lot. It's just now starting to trickle out. So, you know, I'm I'm happy for people. I, I really am. Just in time for them to get rid of that, like whenever you have a PlayStation 5 with PlayStation Plus in uh, May, it's going away. You know yeah. how you have all those free catalogs? I'm sure that's strategic yeah. to some extent. Uh, it's probably also to help sell the extra PS Plus subscriptions. But we'll do the early adopters. Yeah. Kind of take care of them, I guess. So to answer your question about Hogwarts, this info came out like, I don't know, over a week ago now, but we didn't discuss it. Uh, basically, in the first two weeks of the game being released, 
it sold over 12 million copies and amounts to more. I don't know if they got this information directly, but they said it amounts to over 850 million in sales. I did some quick math the other day, and I don't think that's accounting for the people who paid the $10 extra for early access because there were a lot of people. This is total, not physical and digital. That's 12 million total. Okay. That's my understanding. Yeah. That's a lot of copies for any game. That is insane. Especially a game that was never going to succeed because it was awful, right? I mean, so. we all were like questioning whether this was going to be a steaming pile of dog shit last year. I I especially. Yeah. Um. So to hear that not only that it came out and it's been talked about so highly and so divisively, uh, for that matter, uh, but that it actually did really well and that all of the talk... Uh, yeah you know didn't uh didn't kind of squash the creativity of all these people that worked on this game uh, and worked so hard for so many fucking years um and that's just really good to see uh that that sort of thing can pay off uh even after troubled development even after bad press um maybe not even press that was uh undue because of yourself sure um that uh you can't succeed um, i know that sort of thing I know I'm really getting ahead of myself here, but as I've been playing the game, I've really been thinking to myself if the Game Awards is going to stay away from it or not. And I know that's like in December and there's a lot that can happen between now and then, but like just knowing how like progressive the the Game Awards tries to be, I'm really trying to like figure out if if they're going to kind of include it or not. Um, I've I've had that same thought. Yeah. Yeah. Digital yeah. Foundry did it. Well, they got they got pushed into it, and then they gave it kind of a negative. They said they weren't going to, uh-huh. but I don't watch Digital Foundry for like their opinion on it. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, like they gave it though. <laughs> well, like, like they, the, the Game Awards has to be impartial to show integrity, and like I have a real hard time thinking that like this game is not going to be one of the highest regarded games of the year, regardless of what comes out in the next eight months. So. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It really is. Well, it's interesting because they get their, um, a lot of their nominations, there are player nominations, of course, but nominations come from generally from like analysts and journalists in the industry. And mm, I'd be surprised if a lot of them will nominate Hogwarts Legacy, if they'll even admit they played it. Dude, if it gets snubbed, that's going to be, I don't know. There have been a lot of snubs, but I don't know that Not- there have been any snubs that you can't understand. Yeah. With a, Since we're on the topic of Hogwarts Legacy, let's talk about this. Hogwarts Legacy's Twitter account tweeted out, We're overwhelmed with gratitude for the response to Hogwarts Legacy from fans around the globe. The team is working hard to deliver the best possible experience on all platforms, and we need more time to do this. Hogwarts Legacy will launch for PS4 and Xbox One May 5th, 2023. It was originally supposed to launch in April for those platforms. And uh, also, I think it's coming out or supposed to come out on Switch in July. Dave, as our resident person who plays AAA games on the Switch. Now, I know this isn't about this, but talk to me about the delay and about how you think Hogwarts is going to perform on older systems. Yeah, it's it's pretty heartbreaking. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I brought myself to the show today because it's it's just <laughs> I can't talk about it. A but whole month. I, I, like... I can't believe I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how this game runs on the switch i want to see that digital foundry video <laughs> um it's yeah it's it's got a stream right this won't be i don't know like, one one theory i heard was that you know how like when you run up to certain doors and there's like the little loading icon for half a second that those will actually be hard loads i think that 
maybe on Xbox Series S. That's already a thing. Oh, is it? I'm almost positive that on Series S, there might already be loading screens instead of like an in-game wheel. Well, either way, I can't imagine it running on the Xbox One or yeah. the Switch. Well, dude, without that. I mean, the draw distance has to be like fucking yeah. as far as your hand can reach. Right. And like the texture. I don't know, man. Yeah. I just don't. And, you know, by no means is this like the most high detail like most amount of polygons on the screen at any given time, but it's a beautiful game. Yeah. And there's a lot going on a lot of the time. Um, And there are points when on my PS five, I have to wait for something. Yeah. So that just makes me really genuinely wonder how it's even viable. Um, And, you know, I would not be surprised if we get another delay. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Um, Because, I wasn't aware prior to Yin's talking about this that it was even coming out. I thought that was the entire draw of the whole thing was that it was not coming out on these other old junkers. Yeah. Um, but well, we we cut off the expert, the the old hardware expert, um, from giving the rest of his opinion there. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, it, it, people are going to buy it though because yeah. it's oh absolutely. It's, there's a lot of kids out there, and and their parents know Harry Potter, and and um. Yeah, they, they could care less about draw distance and frame rate and stuff like that. They play Minecraft, stupid idiots. But <laughs> yeah, so it's going to sell. And it, this is going to be really, really good for Portkey and, and WV because you had the big next-gen launch and then you're going to get another sort of pseudo-launch when Wave two. it comes out on PS4 and and uh, Xbox and, and Nintendo Switch. It's, servers are going to crash when it launches on the Switch. But yeah, yeah, so good for them. Good for them. I've thought that before, Dave, about it being streaming, but I guess we'll see. They haven't said that, so it would surprise me since they haven't said it yet that it would be the case, but I think it's going to be hard to get it running on there with any kind of integrity. I mean, like the things I'm thinking are like, you know how the the portraits inside the castle move whenever you look at them or whatever, you know, like in like it does in the Harry Potter universe, like. Everything. Can they do that stuff? Dude, like, can they still do that? The arm, the like suits of armor are just still. Like yeah. everything that is in motion is now still. Man, is it on a cartridge? Like, would you have to buy it digitally? Like, you it's can't. Gotta, put, I don't know. You can't put that much on those cartridges. And people are like, "Oh, they got The Witcher Three running on Switch," and I'm like, "It's older, okay, but it's not the same." Yeah, at all. I don't know. It's not the same. It's still big. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. I'm hoping they do a good job, but you know, I always question the. <laughs> yeah performance prowess of the uh the switch do you i i can't imagine why you would i don't know cuphead runs fine <laughs> thank god coming to xbox game pass we've got guilty gear strive for cloud console and pc we've got dead space 2 coming to cloud and dead space 3 coming to cloud we've got valheim coming to console it's already on pc but it's coming as a game preview to console uh civ 6 Coming yes. to cloud console and PC on March 16th. For Game Pass? For Game Pass, yeah. Ultimate or just, just base? Do you well, know? it's cloud console and PC, so the only difference between Ultimate and... No, I mean like the base Civ 6 experience, because I literally oh. am going home to buy the expansion pass. That's why I'm asking. Because I've been playing Civ 6. It, it just says it's, Civ 6. It's probably the base game. Okay, I'm yeah. sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. That's fine. Usually, if, usually it will come with the expansions at a discounted rate. Like, you can buy them, but it's discounted okay. if you have Game Pass. Gotcha. Uh, Nino Kuni 2 is coming to console and PC. Uh, and then Fallout 76 Mutation Invasion is dropped. 
The Fractal Update for No Man's Sky dropped. Uh, Halo Infinite Season 3, which I'll talk about in a second, dropped. Uh, there's a new uh, Sea of Thieves season starting on March 16th, uh, which will bring some like updates and stuff. We'll talk about that next week. Uh, and then some new perks coming as well to the game or to the to the service. Any games on there uh, you guys are interested in? Guilty Gear Strive, Dead Space 2 and 3, which are technically already out, but they're coming to the cloud. Uh, Valheim, Civ 6, and Nino Kuni 2. Valheim. And yeah. uh, if you haven't played Nino Kuni 2, play it. It's really, really good. I have it for P- I bought it at launch for PS4 and never, and like played like five hours of it. Uh, uh, Nino Kuni? Yeah, I don't know why I didn't stick with it. We covered a fuck ton of it. And well, it, we got it, it early. Yeah, and it did really well. I remember yeah. that. And that was Dustin's big thing. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's I picked it up because he was raving about it. And I love that game. Yeah, uh, I thought it was yeah. great. I just only played five hours of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Valheim. Um, I'm not sure how well it would play on console, but that's a game I've had my eye on. And I didn't actually know it was on Game Pass for PC. Yeah. Because I think it might be better to play there. But in any case, that's one I definitely check out. Nice. Yeah. Now I'm in agreement. I already have Civ Six, or right. I, or that would have been my pick. <laughs> right. Um. But Valheim is something that I've watched people play, but I've never kind of dipped my toes in. And as a Game Pass uh, subscriber, there's no reason not to at this point. So yeah, I've only played Valheim a little bit, and it was good. I liked it, but I was just kind of like, I think I was just ready to move on to other things. Yeah. So it was huge for a while there, though. Oh, yeah. And it'll be huge again. Everyone though, was talking movie. about, it, especially on the it gets the Game Pass bomb. So right. Of course. Okay, I mentioned we talk more about uh, what did I say? We talk more about oh, Halo season three. Yes, that's right. A year and a half after the game release, we're finally into season three, guys. It's finally. <laughs> Echoes Within brings a vast amount of new content to the game: new maps and modes, a new 100 tier premium battle pass that never expires, new narrative focused events that pick up where season two left off, two new armor cores, the M392 Bandit and Shroud screen. Forge updates, a new fracture event, and so much more. Um, yeah, so it comes out with uh, season three battle pass, new codings, forge updates, shop and ultimate reward, ray tracing on PC, Halo Gear Rewards pin program. Dave, are you thinking at all about jumping back in to Halo anytime anytime soon? Halo Infinite. I would definitely jump in to at least check out new maps. Uh-huh. Um, this this update sounds like it's a lot more lucrative than the last two have been, which yeah. I think is good because there's a lot of people out there who have stuck with this game right. despite how underwhelming its first year has been. Um, so yeah, this sounds like a step in the right direction. I don't think it's going to be enough um, to sway a considerable amount of people, but I don't know. you got to play the long game with some of these um titles sometimes but yeah new maps alone would be enough for me to jump in and check it out um happy to hear about the battle pass too uh that's another thing that kind of keeps you logging in every day but yeah maps are something that i i love to see especially when it comes to halo yeah three new maps by the way i was gonna say maps can mean two Mm -hmm. Uh, in this case it means three all right yeah that's fine that's more than call of duty season two put out that's very true we that haven't is, talked about Call of Duty at all that lately. That is one, which, yeah, incredibly underwhelming. So this is, Season 3 is a better response um, map-wise than uh, Season 2 of uh, the new Doodle, um, which is pulling in insanely more people. Well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I think I just saw when I was looking at the Steam charts to look at Hogwarts, or no, I was looking at something else. Uh, it said like 90,000 concurrent. That's still like a little bit ago. That's okay. So, yeah. um, but no, this is good. I'm glad to see that they're still fighting the good fight. Um, I hope that 
not many resources were put into the ray tracing aspect of this because I feel like that's what nobody was asking for. Um, sure. I guess I'm always glad to see that, but um, the percentage of players that can reasonably accommodate that with the type of <laughs> graphics cards that they have just based on the stats that um, you know benchmark softwares and stuff have from mm-hmm. player PCs, not many people can fully utilize that sort of thing, but I guess it's always cool to see more features put into games like this um post launch but um yeah i'm hoping it's cool it all really depends on you know the maps which dave said it's obviously really good to get more of those in the rotation and uh if the battle pass is of value um because uh if the shit in there isn't cool um it doesn't really matter if there's 100 levels so um i'd be willing to jump in i have not tried it on pc yet and i feel like that will be a completely different experience it is yeah um altogether um and it definitely is something that intrigues me so maybe i will have to dip my toes back in just a bit according to steam charts halo infinite uh, 30-day average is about 3200 which by the way it's free to play that's crazy on steam. 3200 the multiplayer that's crazy uh but the current players is eleven thousand, so it is up that's still bad but it's only up to 11,000. And granted, yeah. For this, Halo. For Halo. For Halo, though. yeah. This is for available Halo. elsewhere. I get it. It's probably pro- pro- predominantly played on console. But still, that's rough. I don't know. I'm sure it is predominantly played on, on console. But there is, well, at least there was a very large Halo PC community. Sure. Um. So... Yeah, I don't know. Will it be enough to bring people in? I'm not so sure, but at least they're still trying. Um, and uh, hopefully, the way forward is better because they got to kind of they got to cash in at some point. They got to keep trying because they they put all their eggs into this basket. So. I always like to trigger people, uh, even though I don't really care about these kind of numbers. But um, Sea of Thieves, which is a paid game, has nearly five times the amount on their 30 day average as Halo Infinite yeah. does. So yeah, hey. You know, yeah, man. It, it, that a, just proves a testament. Undoubtedly, that uh, no, I love Halo. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, last thing, and this kind of leads into our what we've been playing section. Wulong Fallen Dynasty. Is it Wulong or Wolong? Because there's only one O. Uh, whoa. I think it's Wo Wolong. I thought it was I keep Wolong. calling it Wu though. Yeah, I said Wolong the other night. You were like, "What?" I was like, "Wulong." You're like, "Oh yeah." I don't know what it is. I'm just dumb. It doesn't matter. I mean, it matters that you're dumb, but yeah. Trust uh, me, I feel cor- According to this, <laughs> Wolong Fallen Dynasty peaked at 75,000 concurrent players on Steam. It just came out on Game Pass for yeah. free. Uh, Steam and PS5. It's obviously a full price game. Brandon and I have been playing this. Dave, have you been playing it? No, this game scares the shit out of me. And, what? Uh, it's, yeah, it's way too intimidating. I, and easy. I'm an idiot. It's I've easy. been watching people play it on Twitch because it's one of those games I like watching. And yeah. I've been sitting here thinking, like, man, this game changed a lot since they first announced it. I kept watching and watching. It was like, wait a minute. I thought it was Black Myth Wukong. Oh, dude, I have made that mistake so many times. I've like interchanged them. I'm like, like, listen, I I guess there's a character customization because I swore you played as like a monkey monkey, man or something. But (laughs) yeah, so I'm an idiot. But it's this game confuses me, too, because it's from uh, Team Ninja who did Neo. Yeah. And like this, this would be like 
Ubisoft making another Assassin's Creed kind of game, but it wasn't Assassin's Creed. It, I, it's, it confuses me. I don't, again, I've never played Neo, and I won't play this game, so maybe there's differences. But well, just on the a surface, Neo expert here. Yeah, well, I've played in in its entirety Neo One, um, and played more than its entirety. I played the shit out of that game. Uh, not much experience with Neo Two. Some I dabbled, um, but this is like the baby of Neo and uh Sekiro Mm -hmm. like literally that is the perfect description of this but take that all together and then make it fully seamless multiplayer so there's like so many draws to this um I have been a naysayer of games like Sekiro because I very specifically like to play these Dark Souls-esque games very specifically I'm a heavy character I'm a strength character I like to ooga booga smash right um and so I've kind of not enjoyed Sekiro because of that. And I feel myself kind of getting into it now. So I don't know if I'm going to be trying Sekiro in the future, but this Wulong is really cool. Um, And I don't know if it has to do with something in my brain clicking like it often does with these type of games, or it has to do with the seamless multiplayer. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, So I think the, the package as a whole is very interesting to me. It runs pretty well. I know a lot of people were having issues, but mine runs fairly well on my 3080 um just to clarify i think a lot of people a lot of the negative pc discussion i mean there is some some actual issues with it but a lot of it was around the fact that it doesn't have good mouse and keyboard support but i'm not sure that games like this need to yeah people argue about that all the time they say it you know games like dark souls and demon souls and stuff are completely fine i could never imagine playing these type of games not on a controller so i don't get it our buddy um, justin played sekiro on the mouse and keyboard he's and crazy he's insane dude. he's such a tryhard. i love that guy <laughs> um but uh but no this game's really neat um it really is one of those things where the beginning boss it took me like multiple days to try and beat it it's the first fucking boss it's pretty much the introductory boss but once again it's it like took you multiple days yeah, I I went to bed. I started playing it in the evening and I got pissed off and I shut it off and went to bed and then I came back out of the next day and beat it. I think I beat it on like my fourth or fifth try. Oh, did you? you suck. You're good. I do suck. That's what I got to um, say to that. that it, and that's perfectly I gotta, okay. I gotta, that's all the Souls player would say, right? Dude, get no, good. no, get good. Exactly. Um, but no, it really was something I had to kind of rewire myself because I very... I've played all of these games the exact same way. Like literally the I've learned how to play them in a certain way that you don't need to play in that way. But the other games give you the option to play it how you want. Mm -hmm. This is like this is the mechanic. You do it or you don't survive. You've got to be on the offense. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, man, it's it's actually been a load of fun. Um, Brandon, you got to talk. You mentioned the multiplayer. You got to talk about that because I feel like for people like Dave who are intimidated by it, that takes a lot of that away. Yeah, no, it 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 really does feel like at points that when you're playing with somebody that you can just bombard the enemies a lot of the time. Now, we haven't played more than, you know, two or three worlds worth of bosses. Yeah. But Ben and I have went through it and the progression is shared and the loot is not shared. So you each get individual loots and it just it's very rewarding to play with somebody else. Um, and I believe there's probably some sort of scaling involved. So it doesn't feel like it's incredibly easy, but it feels like 
it's that same amount of triumph, but in a different way than a game like Elden Ring, where it feels like I need somebody to help me distract. It feels like you're both really fighting the good fight in this sort of game. Um, and I don't know how to describe it. Uh, the the voice acting for the English is a little bit <laughs> funky. Uh, ben and I talked about that. But what did you think as someone who didn't really latch on to Elden Ring as much? I know you played a decent chunk of yeah, it. Yeah, I played like 30 um, or so hours of it. But... Is this something that you could foresee yourself maybe kind of seeing through to the end? Oh, I could definitely foresee myself through the end. This is very much a game uh, that I realize I want to play in co-op. And like I said, I beat that first boss, which everybody talks about being really difficult. And I agree it was difficult, but I apparently got it. It's like a learning moment, seriously, because... But I didn't have to unlearn anything. Right, exactly. I think that's the differentiator, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people who are playing it are trying to play it, like you said, like Dark Souls or... Elden Ring and it's not that kind of game no. uh, it's very much you have to be on the offense right. you can't I mean you have to block and parry and everything but you can't just sit back and wait for an opening you have to make the opening right uh, but I just wanted to talk about because I, I think that this game is good I think that the fact that the multiplayer how easy it is to do co-op makes it great because you know in Dark Souls and stuff if you want to bring somebody in you can only bring them in for a certain fight and you have to like make a summoning circle on the floor and get a golf club and an ice cube and, and only stuff in certain fever. areas and you got currency. Yeah. And, yada, and, yada, yada, and in yada. this game, the way you do co-op is you open the menu and you select invite a friends and that's it. And then you invite them and you can play together for the whole thing, the whole thing. Like you can just play. And guess what? The best part about it is when you beat a boss, guess what doesn't happen? You don't the get person doesn't fucking vanish. Right. You just keep playing. Yeah. See, that's the difference, Dave. And like, you know, you might not like it at all, but like what he's saying really is like what makes this game awesome in so many ways. And there's mods for Elden Ring that make it like this. And I think in a lot of ways, Elden Ring would be better if it was more like the multiplayer aspect of this game. So the other thing about it is that let's say you don't have somebody to play with. You can bring in uh, NPCs. Yeah, they're fucking stupid. They're, they're awful, there. but you can bring in like companions, I think up to two. Uh, that you can play with and you can even do that let's say you're only playing with like, i think you can bring in up to two like co-op players yeah but you can also bring in like one co-op player and an npc to play along with you if you want but we ended up dismissing them because they suck <laughs> and we just were kept dying because we were trying to keep them alive and it wasn't working out but anyway i think it's a cool game it's fun there's obviously a little bit of jank in there that i think they're gonna you know it's easier to patch out than a lot of other games like this that have launched on pc uh but I, other than that it's been a pleasant experience so far. And like you said, we're only what five bosses in or so. Yeah. I was going to say we're like two. It works in like main worlds and there's like checkpoints within the worlds. We're right. like many bosses and everything. worlds in. Yeah. yeah. So that's been a lot of fun, but Davey, you should, you should hop in with us sometime. Cool. Yeah. Sounds, yeah, it's on Game Pass, uh, sounds oh. less intimidating than, uh, than maybe I made it out to be, but yeah. why not? Game it's Pass. definitely intimidating in a different way. If you if if you feel like you've learned a lot from previous games, in some ways this game kind of throws that out the window. And Dave, you've bit, played. So. I mean, you literally played Dark Souls all by yourself, except for the last boss and and beat it, right? Or not Dark Souls, um, Elden Ring. Elden Ring, yeah, yeah. So yep. you're fine. You'll be fine. That's true. I, I think that is the key, though. Is a lot of people I've seen who are like Souls stands have had to unlearn what they learned because it is a similar type of game, and that it's like boss boss fight game but that really hard combat even the moment to moment is very similar yeah but like there are certain mechanics well 
I guess the moment to moment isn't similar in a lot of ways, but it is that, in a lot. That of ways. sixty hours in Elden Ring though took like ten years off of my life. So yeah. I mean, yeah. I really have to balance these these really right. stressful. I play games to relax. That was, right. That Wait, was what? Tough. This isn't relaxing. You you died. That isn't relaxing. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brandon, have you been playing anything else? Uh, yeah, so I'm still playing a little bit of Harry. Uh, fuck, it's not called Harry Potter. God damn it. We all knew what you My meant. brain is stupid. Hogwarts. It's, I've been playing a little bit more Hogwarts. I'm very close to the end. Um, uh, I had talked before about maybe going for the Platinum. After playing some more in the past week, I, I, I probably won't do it right away if I do it at all. Yeah. Um, but I also popped back into Civ Six. I think I'm going to go home and buy the DLC if it's not available on Game Pass. Nice. Um, that game's fucking awesome um i would love to play Civ six with somebody one day maybe mm-hmm. we can have another land party that would be amazing um but it's just so much fun to uh to role play nice. um, so really enjoying that and it's a it's a notable upgrade from civ 5 um i have like a little shy of 300 hours on civ 5 and i'm excited to kind of get my feet wet some more here in civ 6 so nice dave what about you um i've been playing a decent amount of harry potter fuck i didn't even do that on purpose but (laughs) hogwarts legacy um nothing new to say there uh still having a great time still want to do a lot more side stuff and main stuff and all that um i checked out a new game that i heard about a little while ago from a youtuber called uh robo quest which is um it's on game pass it's in game preview and uh, it is a roguelike first-person shooter. Um, so it's like run-based. It's got a really cool sort of faux cell-shaded aesthetic. It looks a lot like Hi-Fi Rush and Borderlands. Um, and yeah, it's really cool. It's it's just it's it's a perfect jump in and jump out game. Um, sneak a couple runs in. It does a really good job of of making you want to take one more run. Um, I've never been a huge roguelike person just because I don't like inherent repetition, but, um, I had a good time with this. Um, it's, it's really fast and frantic first person sort of gameplay. Uh, it, it kind of balances like a safe hang back approach with getting up in enemies faces and, you know, risking losing a lot of health and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's a cool game. Um, again, it's in game preview. Uh, we talked about betas and stuff in early access last week, and it's clear there's a lot missing from this game, but it's from a small, small team. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one, I'm really curious to see where it goes and what the full release kind of looks like, because it was, it was a lot of fun. And if you're on game pass, I, I definitely suggest you check it out. You can download it really quickly and, and kind of get the gist of it in uh, in a short amount of time. So yeah, that's RoboQuest. I'm I'm concerned it's not going to sell well, even if it does good. Like if it if it releases and it's a really good game, because its name is just so generic. Yeah, it's really. But I think people will just kind of scroll past it. But yeah, RoboQuest. It's worth checking out. Um, and I realized uh, I had never finished Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, oh, damn. So I went back and I finished that this week, nice. and uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, that game is leaving Game Pass, by the way, in about right. two weeks. So if you have Game Pass and you haven't played it yet, I strongly recommend you dedicate a couple weeks to go and knock it out. Uh, it's a little bit longer. It's about you know 15 to 20 hours, um, but worth every second. Um, I got to think that 
the the chances of this game getting a sequel are are slim. I wouldn't call it remote, but I would be surprised if we saw a sequel to this game, which is really, really sad because this is a game that is perfect for a sequel. And what I mean is, you know, received really well critically, fans loved it, and there are clear and obvious ways in which this game can improve. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think we're going to see a sequel, but, yeah, if you haven't played this game yet, strongly, strongly recommend. It's uh, it's so, so good. But I we, think we has sorry go, go ahead i think they'll be hesitant to take a take a gamble on it because they claim they lost money on the on yeah. it yeah yeah and i mean it's it's got to cost a lot with the licensing for not only the property but the the music and stuff like that and right. and it's it's just got so much production value in, in the game so uh it may be the only guardians of galaxy game we get so cherish it go find it on sale somewhere or whatever just yeah play this game it's a lot of fun this is good and that's it for me uh, I don't have much else. I've been playing Harry Potter. I did beat the main. Uh, I know I did that on purpose. You're welcome, Brandon. Thank you. I didn't want to make you feel stupid, you know. Too late. Uh, I beat the main the main story finally. I didn't even mean to. I didn't know I was going to be done, and I was done. And then um, I'm planning on getting the platinum. I am a little irritated because I think there's one of the things I've collected all of them. I've not only guaranteed like gone through and made sure I collected all of them. I've gone through and looked with a guide, and then went to every spot, and I had already collected it. Um, of a certain type of collectible and it's still saying I haven't gotten that and it's part of a larger achievement or trophy that we'll find out if I get later on but either way uh, as long as they have a fix for it eventually I'm planning on getting the platinum and I think I'm I'm relatively close to doing so Uh, there's one thing where you have to like hit every enemy type with ancient magic for one of the trophies and i literally only have one and i don't know which one it is oh, that i haven't hit that's so awful that and you can't track that i'm gonna i have an idea of what it is and i know there's only like one area where they are so i need to go there and do it but i just haven't made the time for it because it's not that important to me but uh that is one of those irritating ones where it's like i'm literally one enemy away and it's such an easy thing to do now especially since my uh dark magic or not dark magic ancient magic is so high that I can easily accumulate a bunch of it and do it easily, but I just don't know for sure which one it is. <laughs> so we'll see. I wish there was a track. There's the tracking system is really good. And the cards like in the PS five menu is really good. It'll even show you like with the Revelio pages. I think you guys know what those are. Uh, if you go into the like game tips or whatever in the PS five system, it'll tell you where the individual ones are and show you a video of like where they are, Oh damn. which it's still showing me one that I've already gotten. That's the one I'm like, yeah. am I going to, is this going to screw it's me over? Or not? It's I've bugged. actually heard reports of that. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Um, there's a way to fix it. If you're on, like if that was the last trophy I needed, I'd probably go through all these steps. It's a really complicated way if you're on the physical edition, but on the digital edition, you can't, you have basically, you have to go in and download it without the up, without the patch uh, or like play it without the patch. And then, go to a specific place and do a certain thing and it unlocks. But if you have the the physical version or the digital version, when you download it, it just downloads it with the patch already yeah. in. So I think eventually they'll fix it, but it's still irritating in the meantime. But fortunately I have more to do until that. So hopefully they fix it by then, uh, but I'm still enjoying it. And then uh, like we talked about earlier, I've uh, been playing Wulong. That's really all I've played other than Sea of Thieves uh, for streaming and stuff a little bit. So yeah. That's it. Good stuff. That's all we got. Make sure to check out the Patreon. I forgot to mention it earlier, but we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash handsome phantom. If you want to help support the show for as little as a dollar a month, get ad for early access to the show and make us very happy boys. And also make us very happy boys by joining the discord, hanging out, talking there, chatting about stupid stuff. 
talk and about Harry serious Potter. stuff. Yeah. Talk about Harry Potter just for no reason at all because there's not a game out with him in it. <laughs> but we can talk about it. I think that's it. Thanks, everybody, for hanging around. We appreciate it very much. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye. The HP Podcast is brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Thanks to our producers, Grabalicious, Christian Snow, Rainick, Chris Bylock, Derek O, Nuke Dukum, Brian Parrott, Htrons, Maurice Bays, Passive Pixels, Edwin Castillo, Boots, Poot, Jared, Josh Cummings, Edward Walton, Charles Peterson, Toby Ryland, Wormhats. <laughs>